Good morning. Welcome all of you that have come. We are glad that you have come. And also whether you're here in person or are going to join us later in the week, let's praise and worship God together. This morning, Pastor Dean will be sharing on when Jesus comes. So as a call to worship, turn with me to Psalm 42. The writer expresses, I think, the best, how much he looks forward to meeting his God. The heading reads, yearning for God in the midst of distresses. So Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day that you've gifted us. Father, we thank you that we can come to know you and that we can, um, can meet you and we can meet you on every day. And Father, help us to, um, to yearn for that time together um, that we can have daily. And we also know that when you come back, we long for that day so that we can meet you in the air. Father, I, I, I thank you for um, the service that will happen later this morning in the park. Father, bless that time together. Bless the time when it's a good time when our church families, all the various churches and, and, and God's people get together and worship you together. I pray for your, your hand there and bless that time together. Pray all of this in your name. Amen. Good morning. I was hoping today would be as beautiful as it was yesterday. Wow, what a day. Let us sing together. We'll start with song number 562. Today we're going to be singing just verses 1 and 2 of each of our songs. So let's start with number 562.
And our next song is number 532. sure love that song. The second verse that we just sang about the vilest defender coming before him and being forgiven. We can see in history a lot of vile offenders. And I always have to stop and realize that not only can they be considered righteous before God when they repent, but our sins are vile too. And we can come before the Lord and repent and be declared righteous. And... Um, that's what I love about following the Lord. Our third song is number 565, I Know That My Redeemer Liveth. Thank you. 
let's um, just take a look in our bulletins and look at some of the things that are important for this week, coming week. There's a couple of things to add that's, that are not in the bulletin. And, um, but I want to highlight the praise item first. I think it is a praise item that we can still gather as a people or want to gather as a people and in, as churches together and worship God. I don't know that that is a, that is a given, that that happens. Well, in many places it doesn't. And so I think, I think we wanna praise God for that opportunity. And so if you have, are able, go home and take part in the service at 10 o'clock. Uh, Pastor Dean already said we're not gonna be here. This is gonna be a shorter service maybe then than normal, uh, so that we are able to do that. One of the things, uh, the reminder here is that um, services will start at 9.30 a.m. for all of the rest of August. Under persons with health needs, uh, some of you received an email that Bill Fair was in the hospital and uh, called me and said that he came home yesterday. So that's also a praise item. Uh, we have one person um, to add, and that's um, Pastor Dean went to see Tina Fair, and she's in her last days. Um, you know, and she's in Altona, but she's in her last days to remember her and her family um, in prayer as well. So in Boundary Trails, we have Manon Eddie Jansen, Jeremiah Alexier, Sarah Newfold, Wally Newfold, Marge Thiessen, and Ann Weens. So let's pray for them and their families as well. We have an expression of, of thank you from Katie Brown uh, for the prayers and for the words, encouraging words that she received on the passing of her son-in-law, Jamie McHorse. So thank you. Item of praise, we have a custodian that will start this week, uh, Peter Fair. So let's welcome him and give him encouragement. They have uh, lots of things to look after. And especially when it comes to wintertime, I think Hank, Hank could tell you what that means. Oh, Edwin as well. So encourage them as you, as you meet them and as you see them. Let's take um, the opportunity to bring some of these items to prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you in many different ways. In, uh, you know, in our church here, um, you know, prayer times we have together. We also want to thank you for our missionaries and especially Preston and Myra, uh, who are uh, serving with Power to Change. Give them wisdom as they continue to lead that ministry. And, um, Father, we, we, we just thank you for the peace that, that you give to all of those that are in, in Boundary Trails, for those for, and we ask for that for, for Tina and for Bill as he's recovering. But Lord, we also know that there are many others in this church, our church community here that are struggling with various health issues. And Father, uh, we, you are um, the creator you're the great healer, and we just ask that 
you will um, walk with each of them and you will provide healing as you as you see uh, as you see fit and father um, may your will be done father we thank you uh, for our community we thank you for a community that believes in gathering together in praise and worship putting aside all the places maybe where we don't necessarily agree but we do know that we love you we want to serve you and in that way we we want to, are unified and look forward to meeting you one day pray all of this in your name amen would the ushers come forward morning scripture is found in Matthew 8 verses 28 to 34. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew 8:28. Two demon-possessed men healed. When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gerasenes, there met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them there was a herd of many swine feeding, so the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them, who kept them fled, and they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. George Beverly Shea often sang one particular song at the Billy Graham Crusade entitled, When Jesus Comes, and the words go like this. One sat alone beside the highway, begging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clutched his rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. When Jesus comes, the tempter power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory, for all is change when Jesus comes to stay. 
From home and friends, the evil spirits drove him. Among the tombs, he dwelt in misery. He cut himself as demons' powers possessed him. Then Jesus came and set the captive free. When Jesus comes, the tempter power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. When he, ta he takes the gloom and fills the life with glory, for all is change when Jesus comes to stay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we pause before you, we thank you for the change of heart that we have when you come and you stay. And Lord, we thank you that you transformed so many people through the centuries. By the power of your word, you spoke to them. And the people um, believed in you. They put their faith in you. And Lord, the same way today, when we place our faith in you, you change when you come and you stay within our hearts. I pray now, Lord, as we look into the scriptures today, that once more you would speak to our hearts, plain and clear, on how we can draw closer to you in all our walking with you. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. This morning I ask you once again, take your Bibles with me and turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, or Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34, to this portion of scripture that Alvin has already read for us. C.S. Lewis says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an unhealthy interest in them. And that's so true. You know, you'll find that either believers don't believe in devils, or they do believe in devils, but they don't see any of the work, or they're so attractive that they go to the other extent, which they shouldn't do. They have such interest in, demonic, in the demonic world. Demons are fallen angels created by God. The scriptures tell us that Lucifer was the archangel, rebelled against God, and when he fell from grace, he took one-third of the angels with him, according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. They now occupy this world, and as Satan is called the God of this world. Yes, he is the God of this world. Let me read a quote from you from Elwell or W.A. Elwell and B.J. Beitzel. This is what they say. Often in the Bible, the word spirit is used for demon along with a descriptive or identifying phrases. For example, evil spirit found in Acts chapter 19, verse 12 and 13. Unclean spirit in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 and Mark chapter 1, 23. Spirit of infirmity, Luke chapter 13, verse 11. Dumb and deaf spirit found in Mark chapter 9, verse 25. Now, Spirits may be identified by their specific role or function, such as a spirit of murder, suicide, lust, depression, fear, lying, etc., associating them with various sins or attitudes contrary to God, the kinds that the Bible lists under the work of the flesh, and that is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And in the Hebrew Old Testament, there is no word for demon. The term evil spirit occurs in Judges 9, 23, 1 Samuel 16, 
verses um, 14 through 23. The, there is reference of a lying spirit in 1 Kings 22, verse 22, and other familiar spirits, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or 1 Chronicles, I'm sorry, 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 13. Spirits of confusion, Isaiah chapter 19, verse 14. And spirits of deep sleep, Isaiah 29, 10. And a spirit of idolatry found in Hosea chapter 4, verse 12. These are just some of the references that are given in the Old Testament. Then in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, suggests the order or the rank of demons, principalities, powers, world rulers that are at present or that are present darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Demons are created beings, personal, immortal, and incapable of reconciliation with God. They have great power as compared with humans, but little power as compared with God. God has given us over, or God has given us authority over them so that in the name of Jesus they must obey God's people even as they obey the Lord Himself. Close quote. Now the question is why should we learn about the forces of darkness? Why should we learn about the forces of darkness? And the answer is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not, for, for we are not uh, unaware of his schemes. Yes, we must know his schemes and the way that he acts. And we find that within the scriptures. And so we understand, we must understand about him so we can fight the enemy through the Lord's power. I've entitled this morning's message, When Jesus Comes when Jesus comes. Number one, when he comes, he meets evil head-on in verses 28 and 29. He meets evil head-on. When he arrives at the other side in the region of uh, Gadarenes, two demons-possessed men came from the or coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? The region of Gadarenes was located in the southern and eastern part of the Sea of Galilee. The population of this area was predominantly Gentile inhabited, inhabitants, and we know, that we know this because the people tended pigs, and the Jews had nothing to do with unclean animals. Interestingly, the scriptures tell us that Jesus came to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. To the Jews, these people were the untouchables, but Jesus often, man often ministered to the Gentiles and the outcasts. When Jesus arrived with his land party, with his landing party, two demonic possessed people came from the tombs. In other words, they were not coming out of the tombs because they were dead. Instead, they were living amongst the tombs, perhaps in the ante chambers at the front of the tombs where the bodies would 
be prepared. So in other words, the tomb, some of them contained two places where the body was laid and the other place where the body was prepared. Matthew points out that they were extremely violent. The Gospel of Mark fills us in a little bit more by indicating the superhuman strength that these demons gave the ones that they possessed. Mark chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, tells us this. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been changed hand and foot, but he tore the chain, chains apart and broke the iron on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones." From Mark's account, we can see the man and the evil forces that Jesus had met this day. What kind of evil powers were these? This man was insane and out of control. He was wild and he was a raging manic, maniac. Yet he had the strength to break iron shackles on his feet, hands and feet. Let me draw a little analogy for us today. When Jesus comes and he meets us for the first time, we are just as deplorable as the demon-possessed person. Do you realize that? Like sometimes we think that there's two standards. One, because we are kind of sane people, we grow up in good homes, and then there are those people over there, those sinners, those wicked ones. But all people are sinners and separated from God. And no matter how good of life we live on our own, we are deplorable to God because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so there isn't two standards, ones that are a little bit better than the other ones, or ones who are violent or demon-possessed, or maybe not even demon-possessed, but they do all the evil things in societies they're all the same at the foot of the cross. All needs cleansing. All need a savior. All is in desperate need of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verses 19 through 20 says this, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slanders. These are what make a man unclean, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Although a person's actions may not always be evil, the heart is filled with sin and wickedness. Therefore, every one of us needs an encounter with Jesus, the same way these two demonic individuals needed an encounter with Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus always meets the evil head-on. He meets the evil head-on. So the first thing that we learn about when Jesus comes, he meets evil head-on. Secondly, when Jesus comes, he has authority over the demons and distance. Jesus has authority over the demons and distance. Listen as I read verses 30 and 31 again. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs were feeding. 
The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Close quote. As Matthew tells the story, he informs the reader that the pigs were some distance away, but he does not tell us the exact measurement, the exact distance. Once again, the Gospel of Mark paints a, a, a fuller picture by telling us that there were 2,000 pigs in the herd. That is a large number. So the question is, how many demons can possess a person? The answer is many. In the parallel account of Mark, Jesus asked this person, what is your name? And they reply, legion, because we are many. And a, le a, a legion in the Roman army was a unit of 6,000 men. That's a lot of men. No reason, no no reason is given why the demons wanted to go into these uh, pigs. But one thing we can ascertain is that the de demons knew that they would have to be leaving. They knew that when Jesus came. So they made their request to Jesus. We learn a very important doctrine he here, and that is when Jesus comes, he cleans house, and the demons have to leave. When Jesus comes, he cleans house, and the demons have to leave. Did you know that a person cannot simultaneously be a Christian and be demon-possessed? In other words, Christians cannot be demon-possessed. There are some people who teach that, but that is not true. It's contrary to the scriptures. Jesus and demons cannot exist in the same place together. As Walter Martin says, demons are not going to live in the basement while the Holy Spirit is going to live in the penthouse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 tells us plainly, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Of course, the King James Version says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When Jesus comes, he lives within us, and demons cannot possess the believer. So the demons knew who Jesus was, and they knew they had to submit to his authority. Once again, Jesus showed that he had authority over healing people and over the laws of nature. He also had absolute power and control over the spiritual and demonic forces in the world. So far we have learned this morning that when Jesus comes, he meets evil head on. Secondly, when Jesus comes, he has authority over demons and distance. And third, when Jesus comes, he sets the captives free. He sets the captives free. Verses 32 through 34. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including all what happened to the demon-possessed man. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Close quote. 
All sorts of questions arise from these verses. Why does Jesus allow the demons to go into the pigs? Why do the pigs rush down the steep bank? Demons are disembodied spirits, and they long to possess something or someone and make it or them their home. Demons can cause men to go livid and insane. Thus they cause the pigs to go wild and run over the cliff. But the other two synoptic gospels do not indicate why Jesus allowed this to happen. None of the gospels say, why did Jesus allow this? However, there is one essential item here. Jesus is more concerned about the welfare of man and than he is concerned about animals or financial loss or even with people being upset with him. Those who were tending pigs ran off and reported all that they had saw. They had never seen anything like this. But interestingly, these men first talked about the loss of their pigs as if to excuse themselves from any responsibility that they had towards these men, these two individuals who were in the tombs doing all this horrendous stuff. Then they talked about the man that Christ delivered. So those tending the pigs were more interested in protecting themselves than in the miracle and the deliverance of the possessed man. And isn't that interesting? Sometimes we can be more interested in the economics part than we can in people and the deliverance they find when they meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, we even go a step further. When the townspeople came out to meet Jesus, they were more interested in Jesus leaving them than they were in the two men who were finally set free. That's the townspeople now. Both Mark and Luke record for us that when Jesus came, they saw themselves the de, er, they saw for themselves the demonic man now dressed and in his right man. Luke tells us that the people were overcome with fear, so they asked Jesus to leave. Who knew what Jesus would do next if he allowed these demons to go into 2,000 pigs and they lost, the people lost all of their economy at that moment? The story has some essential and crucial parts to it. Yes, Jesus can set captives free who is, who is demonic but he also can set the sinner free from, shackled, from being shackled in sin. And that's why each of us need an encounter with Jesus Christ the same way these demonic individuals needed an encounter with Jesus. He changes people from the inside out by transforming them with the power of his blood. Let me... Once again, read for you another couple of stanza from that first song that I read, When Jesus Comes. 
Unclean, unclean, the leopards cried in torment. The deaf, the dumb, and helpless stood near. The fever raged. Disease had gripped its victim. Then Jesus came and cast out every fear. Some men today have found the Savior able. They could not conquer passion, lust, and sin. Their broken hearts had left them and sad and lonely. Then Jesus came and dwelt himself within. When Jesus comes, the tempter power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Let's close with number 528. Come let us all unite to sing. 528. Let us stand for the benediction. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power that you have given each believer power to live a victorious Christian life, power over the enemy. And Lord, I pray that as we go into this new week, that you would give us the strength to live out your word according 
as it is written. We pray, Father, that we would walk with you, that we would be a blessing to others, and that we would have opportunity to share the gospel with others. I pray now, Lord, as we go our separate ways at this time, that you would have your hand upon each person. May they be accompanied with the power of your spirit. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. And you may go in his, in his peace.